Hello and welcome to another episode of Listen Up. As always, I am Mr. I. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you subscribe to the podcast, you will get an automatic update when new episodes of the podcast are uploaded. This episode is another request talking about one of the things that all of you asked me to talk about. And one of you made a request about language. Uh, It's about Japanese, in fact. One of you asked me to talk about how I feel about kanji. And I think that's actually a very interesting question. Now, it sounds pretty simple, but as a language teacher, I think about language a lot. So, for me at least, this is an excellent question. So, let's talk about kanji. Now, I will start off saying that I can read most of the kanji that you see in everyday language. Not everything, but most things. Let me give you an example so, you know, I'll show you what I can understand. I have read quite a few books by Murakami Haruki. Probably between seven to ten books of his. Um, I can't remember exactly, but I've read read quite a few of his novels. Can I read every single kanji on the page? No, I can't. Not everything. But with kanji, there's something that is very interesting. Well, at least I think it's interesting. So the way kanji works, right? You know, usually have two readings, right? Onyomi, kunyomi. There are a lot of times that I am not sure how to read a word, how to say a word, right? Two kanji together. How do they, how do you read it? Sometimes I can't tell. But a lot of times, even if I don't know how to say it, I have a good guess. I'm pretty sure I know what the word means, right? And that is, I understand the meaning of the kanji in a word, but I don't know how to say it, right? But, yeah, so I, I can read a book and understand almost everything. Not everything, almost everything. You know, I can look at a newspaper and mostly understand this content, what the stories are about. So that is my level of understanding with kanji, right? Not native level, right? I'm nowhere close to a native level uh, kanji reader, but I'm pretty good with kanji for someone who started learning when I was a university student. And I think kanji is pretty cool. Why? Well, there is a lot more information contained in a single kanji than in a single word, or even just if you break down even a letter, or even a word, and they written in the alphabet. Now, a single letter of the alphabet doesn't really mean anything. There's no meaning. What does a single letter H mean? Not a whole lot, but one kanji, right? Most kanji have a lot more meaning in them. And that means, in some ways, 
Japanese is a much more efficient language than English, at least when you know, written. Um, of course, it's much more difficult to write kanji than it is to write the alphabet, right? For example, um, yutsu, right? Can you write that? Eh. Yeah, that's very, very hard to write, yutsu. But writing depression, the English, that's very easy, um, right? Yutsu, it's only two kanji, two characters, but that's 44 total brush or pen strokes. A long time ago, I learned how to write yutsu, but because I haven't written it for a long time, of course, I have forgotten how to write it. But so much information is packed into those two characters, right? And because of this, I think kanji names are very interesting, right? Most of the people listening to this, you probably have kanji for your name, right? Maybe it's just your family name, or maybe it's both your family name and your given name. And there's often a story about what your name means. I mean, I know not everyone has a deep meaning for their names, but a lot of people do. I once had a student whose father loved the ocean. And so this student's name had a kanji related to the ocean. And sure, people in places like the U.S., have meanings behind their names, but, well, my name, right, Jonathan, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, certainly not in the same way. Now, another thing I've noticed is that, as I understand more and more kanji, reading Japanese without kanji is a lot harder. Now, usually, when I read with my daughter, when I were reading picture books, we were reading picture books in English. My wife does most of the reading in Japanese, but every once in a while, my daughter wants me to read a book to her in Japanese. Now, if it's a very simple story or a story I know very well, I can translate it very quickly and read it in English. But if it's a longer book, a book I've never read before, I need to read it in Japanese at least one time before I can translate it. And so every once in a while, not often, but every once in a while, I read to my daughter in Japanese. And when everything is written in hiragana, that's really hard to read, right? Japanese doesn't use spaces between words. And so kanji often serve, they often show you where words start and end. But if everything is written in hiragana or katakana, knowing where a word stops and starts, it's very difficult to do that with just hiragana or katakana. Kanji is very useful, very helpful in that way. See where words start and end. And so I guess I would say that 
for everyone who wants to learn Japanese, learn kanji. I mean, sure, I guess if you are never ever going to read the language, if you're only ever going to speak it, sure, maybe it's not that important. But if you plan to read Japanese, even just a little bit, reading the language is much, much easier if you understand at least some kanji. And, you know, I guess there is always furigana, you know, which is very useful to help you figure out words. And one final thought about kanji, um, and this is about the difficulty of kanji. What makes kanji so difficult? I mean, of course, yes, the difficult brush strokes are hard, right? Yutes with its 44 brush strokes, that's difficult. But there's something else that's very hard to figure out with kanji, and that is because some kanji have so many different ways to read the characters, right? Read the kanji. For example, uh, nama, right? How do you read that? Well, if it's like nama bid, what's nama? But it can be a lot of other things. Or how about, right, chisai? Or, right? For example, um, why is it usually read ogawa? But Kojima, it's the same character, and it's a river versus an island. Why is it O and Ko? And then you have Shogakko, right? I feel like, you know, Atsugiri Jason here. Why Japanese people? I mean, yeah, kanji, it's pretty cool. It's very useful for writing a language, um, even if it is sometimes a little bit difficult to learn. But yeah, I think that is all for now. If you have any requests or ideas for podcasts, you can use the request form on the website, which is bit.ly slash l-u-w-m-i. And over there, you will find links to all the episodes. Uh, you will find listening guides, listening quizzes. You can find the Twitter for the podcast, which is at Listen Up with Mr. I. That's also over on the website. Go to the website, you'll find everything. Follow on Twitter, you can learn little bits of history, and you can send me episode ideas on Twitter as well. And that is all for today. I'm Mr. I, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>